1: On the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I uh, want to congratulate our old friend Lewis and any other pelican fans that are out there die hard especially the die hards like lewis I again uh, congratulations i'm i um i've never claimed to be a pelican fan but i certainly wish them well i have nothing against them i uh hope that they do well and i know what it's like to be a um Fan of a team where everyone keeps telling you how bad your team is, and there's no hope for the future, and oh, there's a, you know, whether it's whatever seven and nine, seven and nine, and uh you know, last rows and all that silliness. I, I, I've lived through all of that, and so I know what it's like when you see things that other, that all the critics don't see and you believe things that all the critics and cynics don't believe and then then when you get evidence of it it it's it's a great feeling so congratulations to all who stuck with the pelicans through it seemingly obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and things were looking really bad the last few years and things were looking really bad at the beginning of this year uh you make a trade and it's it's just kind of turned everything around. And look, I gotta tell you, on the way over yesterday, was listening to Matt and they were predicting and James and they were predicting a Pelicans win. I didn't think it was gonna happen. Look, Phoenix is not Phoenix has been historically good this year. Not just good. Phoenix was historically good this year and not only did the pelicans get a win but they there's an injury to to the suns arguably their best player and who knows if that's going to hamper them and how long it's going to hamper them so i mean again that that whole series not just because of the win just cuz of what happened and how it happened you know we we went to the ULSU baseball game last night, and on the way back, I'm I'm watching on my phone, you know, the play-by-play kind of thing, and I'm like, man, look at this! Every time the Suns did anything in the second half, the Pelicans answered every time. I mean, it was I was like, this is impressive. This was that was an impressive win. So, congratulations to all the Pelican fans for that. Meanwhile, the I, I mean, I. Look, Kurt Suzuki is a donkey. The Astros have got to stop giving up hits to Kurt Suzuki. He's terrible. He's 85 years old. They can't get Kurt Suzuki out. That's got to change. Now, you know, they they still got a lot more games. This is the second. It'll be, the what, the seventh game today against the Angels already. So probably I haven't looked at the schedule. It'll probably be a while, but. Jack Merrifield, Jack Mayfield, Mayfield. They can't get him out. Jack Mayfield. He was a guy when he came into the game for the Astros, we laughed. Can't get him out. Kurt Suzuki, can't get him out. Didn't get the MVP out. They get him out all the time. Joe Adele got on base last night three times. Joe Adele is terrible. Awful performance. Framber's got to do better than that. It's early, but man, I, I that that that's just awful performance. Awful. Kurt Suzuki and Joe Adele. Awful. Got to be mentally tougher than that. Got to be. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot. Yes, sir.
2: When when these people at the high school association sit down and look. And, and, and you had a game yesterday, a uh, high school softball game, and there are 49 walks and 20 hit by pitch, and the score is 35-25 to 25 in a girls' softball game. Don't you think something's wrong? Who did that? Centerville and West St. John's. 49 walks and 20 hit by pitch and the final, final score was 35-25 in a five-inning softball game.
1: Wow, I don't think I've ever but seen that, is, that.
2: That is sixty-nine people getting on base by either walk or hit by pitch.
1: Man, that'd be the one time where you where 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 you could score you score thirty-five runs, and I wouldn't even be concerned because they didn't get any hits to get it. Apparently, <laughs> I mean that's almost impossible to happen. That's How can pitiful. that happen? That's pitiful. It's bad. But they love
2: the split. They love the split food.
1: Oh yeah, they all they love it. I, again, I gave up that fight. I, you know, it, it's terrible. Uh, high school sports, college sports, both going in the wrong direction. It's just the way it is. It's just reality.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I had to read it three times to to figure out what they were saying when I saw forty nine walks and twenty hit by pitch. Wow! In one in one five inning game. I mean, that's all they did. I, I, I bet you. I, I don't. They couldn't have had too many hits, huh? Well, but how long did that in-
1: game last?
2: Exactly, huh? How long did it last for five innings? Unbelievable! <laughs> so for you, you you can't be worried about the Astros already. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's I second. just
1: hate giving up hits to donkeys. It's like you got that. I mean, a donkey's gonna get a hit every once in a while, but you can't consistently give up hits to donkeys. Enough of that. Get these people out. They're not good. <laughs> you know,
2: yesterday someone called in and was complaining about the Yankees. You, you, you need to tell them that. All the calls over a season equal out in the end. They all equaled out, foot. I mean, no, it, I don't you're going to get some, you're going to lose some. It, it's going to equal out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, you were saying at the draft, it, yeah. it all equals oh, out yeah. after the first inning? Oh, yeah. After the first round? Oh, yeah. Everything
1: equals out. I got you now. I got you. I got you.
2: All right. <laughs> all right, foot. Talk to you later.
1: Cool. Oh, man. Um, Cajuns last night, you know. It was obvious early on that LSU had a better pit you know, started a better pitcher. Uh he he looked pretty good. He he he's uh threw hard and the Cajuns he had a f- couple home runs off of him, but didn't do a whole lot other than that. It it was one of those games where if the Cajuns didn't hit people and walk people and make errors, um they might have only been down you know two or three runs instead of down five or six runs and therefore they might have been able to come back and and pull off an upset or it wouldn't be much of an upset but 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 pull off a win or you know make it you know take it to the eighth and ninth inning and it'd be a real close game, but it's just it's just like any game that you play if you give if the other team's good, and LSU can really hit. Um, then you um, and you make errors, and you hit batters, and you walk people, and, and you can't throw strikes. Then you, you're going to have problems. I mean, they've had that problem all year long. When 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 they don't do well, it's normally because they make an error or two that at the wrong time. They hit batters, they walk batters. I mean, they just they just walk too many people and so that that was certainly a problem last night now um I'm not a huge fan of throwing a lot of your regular guys in midweek games but you know it's also so you know a bullpen day and so it's okay and um coach deck said he didn't think anybody pitched any amount of time that would uh keep them from pitching and playing their normal roles over the weekend when they go to Georgia State over the weekend. So again, it's complicated. We talked about it yesterday. You got you you want to do you want it, you know, on paper, conference is more important. And yet when you are in position to if you finish strong, get an at large bid, which the Caders are in that position, if they finish strong, uh, and you're playing a 34 RPI team in LSU and a 35 RPI team in Georgia State. If you can get one or two wins there, that's good. They already got two wins over a seven RPI team in Georgia Southern. They've already got a win and, you know, very competitive series over what a 14 RPI in Southern Miss. And they've got a win over Louisiana Tech who's around 40. And, you know, they've got a lot of good wins. Got a lot of top fifty, top sixty, top hundred wins this season, and so you just want to pile up as many as you can get. So I, I get trying to win last night, no question. And then you know, there's the whole fan support and UL versus LSU and all that stuff. But, um, you know, for it, 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 it was an, it was a big opportunity in a lot of ways, but um the pitching depth just isn't quite what it needs to be to consistently win those games but we'll see um we'll see how uh it plays out this weekend if they can get two wins that would be tremendous even if they get one it it's it, it would not be great but it would also not be the end of the world either if they get one win this weekend but you just don't want to get swept if you could get two, it'd be tremendous at Georgia State. Tremendous weekend. All right. So let's do this. We'll take a timeout. Um, Luke agreed to try to be my therapist today. And so we are now the draft is a week from tomorrow. We are down to Archie Manning away from the the NFL draft and the news and the rumors and everything keeps piling in, and and and, and my mind just doesn't, I just can't take it. I it, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but we're, we're going to try to get through this day, and hopefully Luke can provide a little sanity to me. So we'll take a time out. We'll come back, talk to Luke Johnson of The Advocate of nola.com as he's more, no, way more calm than me, way more rational than me when it comes to this, and Hopefully he can help me and you out. We'll try that next on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
0: Do you ever wonder what kind of coach Foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in
1: the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works.
0: Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them back to footnotes on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back. Two footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to our special guest slash therapist, Luke Johnson, want to remind you about the Astro Getaway Weekend. You can watch Astros, Rangers, May the 21st by simply registering the game clubhouse where that puts you eligible to win a prize that it will include four tickets to The game on May the 21st. Ballpark tour, hotel accommodations that Saturday night, all brought to you by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. We have with us Luke Johnson as he tries to provide some sanity to my very scrambled mind eight days before the NFL draft. How are you, sir?
3: Yeah, uh, Kevin, I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to this challenge. <laughs> I mean,
1: okay, let's just hit the ground running here. Two things. And I know we talk about this every year and I just st- like we do the same thing over and over. I hear all these analysts and they talk about, well, the way the way things are going and all the way things have developed and all these, you know, all this stuff that has happened over the last 2 to 3 to 4 weeks like why would any team tell anyone what they're thinking? So what really has happened in the last four weeks that make all, it just, it has never made any sense to me.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, certainly these teams are, they're really, they're finalizing things, right. And they're, they're, they're getting their draft board exactly where they want it. and They're, they're, they're you know, doing these like war games and trying to figure out, okay, how might the actual draft in front of us fall? Right. Um, but you know they've they've been at this now for a year. <laughs> yeah, you know, they 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 started putting together their plans for the 2022 draft like right after the 2021 draft. Um yeah, you know, they they're not going to change a lot just based on you know one extra conversation or, or seeing a guy run against air at his pro day. Um so yeah, I do think that that a lot of the uh, the new information that you'll always you always see come out this time of year um you know, it's it's usually just uh, you know somebody trying to somebody trying to you know, game the system a little bit and and you know put some stuff out there. And maybe that'll get a, a guy to fall to them or you know say they're interested in one guy when they're actually interested in somebody else. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot of that out there and people getting you know frankly kind of used um, toward that end. So um, yeah, you know, that's I just, yeah. I just you, yeah, think you I just... have to be kind of like careful with with what. With, uh, what information you're taking in.
1: Exactly. All right. So, you know, the big hot thing around here, and and every time I resolve in my mind it's not going to happen, stop worrying about it, idiot. I tell that to myself. Uh, I get You know, more reports keep coming out. The Saints are going to pick a quarterback. The Saints are going to pick a quarterback. Why would they sign and give him $3 million and cost themselves a third-round pick a veteran like Andy Dalton if they're going to pick a quarterback? I just don't understand that.
3: Well, I you know, I, I think I think you don't know for certain if you're going to get one, right? I I think you can you can give yourself the yeah. ammunition to go up and get a guy that you really want, but you don't know for certain you're going to get him. Um so I think that's that's one way you can you can explain that. And and the second way is look, whoever if they draft a quarterback this year, um it, you know, I think you can pretty much guarantee that guy's not going to play. Right? Um, yeah, he he wouldn't be starting, uh, because you already have Jameis and you've already committed, um, you know, a pretty substantial chunk of money to Jameis. he wouldn't be sitting Jameis on the bench. So, um, you know, having a, a veteran capable backup behind them, I, I don't think is a bad idea, even if you have your quarterback in the future on the roster. Um, this is me trying to make that make sense. Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> so. Okay. But. But what. So, but what much, good. I, I just, but look. Go what good would it like? And what if Jameis has a good year? He was headed for a good year last year with nothing around him. Nothing around him. They were the most injured team in the history of the franchise. So, like, what if he has a good year and you got this red shirt quarterback? What are you going to do with him?
3: Uh, well, I mean, yeah. If it weren't for, it weren't for the. Uh, the shoulder surgery of you know, San Francisco might've gotten a, a first or a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, even though everybody knew going into this year, he was a lame duck. Um, you know, I think you could, if Jameis goes out and you know, leads the saints to the playoffs and has a, you know, 30 touchdown season and he, and he shows he can he can do it back to back where he's not throwing the ball to the other team. Um, and you have what you think is the quarterback of the future on your roster then you know you have you have assets and and you have you have the ability to to, to get more assets um, yeah I, I just don't think it's ever a bad idea if if there's a guy out there who you are absolutely convinced is going to be like a dude for the next 10 years um, and you think you can get him you go get him especially in the uh, the salary cap position of Saints are in where you know they've they've shown they they're able to manage it And uh, and to still be competitive and sign players and re-sign players, Um, but it gets a lot easier when you're paying a quarterback seven, eight million dollars as opposed to thirty million dollars or forty million dollars. Or Aaron Rodgers signed a fifty million dollar contract this year. Um, So, you know, I I just think that I, I think it's prudent at least to give yourself the option if you want to pull the trigger on it.
1: All right, so you brought up the whole, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I think sometimes the salary, especially with the Saints, the salary cap thing gets overblown. I call it creative accounting, but there obviously some, there's obviously something to it. So in terms of, um, you know, being fiscally efficient, I guess you'd say, the to me the best way to do that is to fill holes with ch- with rookies on cheap contracts. By 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 making these three picks, or if they can trade back even more than three picks in the first, you know, fifty to a hundred round um, picks of the draft, without having to play the Christian Kirks of the world, eighteen to twenty million dollars.
3: No, I mean I agree with that, and I think the Saints would agree with that too. I, you know, I, I think in the last several years, um, you know, it, because especially because of the the pandemic and what it did to the salary cap, but they've they've had to really gut the middle class of their roster. Um and they don't have a lot of guys on their team right now who are making you know only like who are on rookie contracts who are who are not making a ton of money um and they they need a lot more of that especially they 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 have three top 49 guys right now or three chances at top 49 guys um you know, they can replenish some of that but by the same the same token i, I mean like it all comes down to whether they think one of these quarterbacks is really legit, right? And if they really do believe that, if they really have a lot of faith in their evaluation, then you make that move because you're not set at that position in the future. And Jameis is on a two-year contract that might as well be a one-year contract. Right. If you think, and if you think that quarterback is going to be the guy, he's going to be a really, really good, you know, possibly elite-level NFL quarterback, you owe it to yourself to make that move. Even if it prevents you from from filling other other holes on your roster right now, you know I, I think that's it's just it's it's too important a position to just to worry about you know, what exactly is is best for us right now, as opposed to what what's best for the next you know, the next uh, several years of this franchise.
1: All right, so there, you know Tyron came in, and there's news that Jarvis Landry is visiting today, and so. Do you feel like wh- – where do you think the Saints are th- thinking? What is your take on where do you think – what do you think the Saints are thinking about the safety position? Because I still think they need another safety. I mean, and I think it was a good thing that they re-signed P.J., but I don't think you want to look at P.J. as as, as Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, I I think you need a – there's room whether they draft one or sign one they need another safety, and even if they would sign another veteran, I would still think it'd be a good idea to draft a quarterback in this—I mean, uh, a uh, wide receiver in this wide receiver-heavy class. What do you think of those two positions need-wise going into the draft?
3: I totally agree with you on both. Um, you know, here, first of all, I'll, I'll address uh, both Tyron and Jarvis Landry, and I'll just say this is kind of how the Saints operate with those with those kind of players, right? They're players who are probably in a vacuum going to command a pretty decent salary, or at least that's what they are, are thinking right now, right? You know, Tyron Matthews watching Marcus Williams sign a five-year, $70 million deal. He's only like three or four years older than Marcus Williams somehow. Um, and, you know, he's he's been playing at a very high-level pro Bowl, all-pro level for a while. So he's probably thinking he's somewhere in that range. Well, that, that market just hasn't developed for him yet. And for the Saints – um they'll, they'll bring a guy in and they'll say we really like you we are you know we are tight up against the salary cap here's the best we can offer you and it's usually below you know what what a lot of people think of as market value and they'll just say yeah this offer's on the table until we sign somebody else you know go out and see what you can get and if you can't get better than that we'll be here and i think that's you know we 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 saw him talk to Tyron and and, uh, you know, there's reports that they had interest in Jarvis Landry right at the beginning of free agency, and that's, that's probably why he's coming back. You know, uh, he hasn't found a market um, that developed the way he thought it would, and uh, and you know, he's probably revisiting that interest with the Saints. So, yeah, I, I think it's important for them to, to try to find players like those in that second, third waves of free agency, with players whose market doesn't develop the way they think it's going to, and then, you know, the Saints can get them at a discount. It's kind of what happened with – you know, Emmanuel Sanders and <clears throat> Jared Cook a couple years back. Um, you know, guys who come in at substantially less than you'd think they'd, they'd make in the market. And but, then, but do, and to, is, your, to, your, to your point, too, I think even if they signed Jarvis Landry, yes, they they should. They should continue adding that wide receiver group. Yeah, I, I just, uh, there's there's just way too many variables that you're counting on with, you know, Michael Thomas returning to form and, um, and all, all the other stuff, this class is really good. You're seeing all these receivers on the open market right now making 18 to $25 million a year. If you get one of those guys in a rookie contract, yeah, I, I mean, they absolutely need to keep addressing that.
1: You mean you don't think there's any way because to me they still have to add another safety like Tyron Matthew made the comment. Oh, I don't think the Saint. I'd like to play here. I don't think the Saints need me. I don't know what that means because they need another safety in my mind. I mean, am I wrong here? I mean, they, I love having PJ as a backup, but I don't want him to be the starter and you want Chauncey to be the Joker or the Rover or whatever you call him. You don't want him to have to be Malcolm or Marcus.
3: I look at PJ in the exact same way I look at James Hurst, in that um, I think he's a very good player. He gives you some really nice flexibility, um, and you want to have that in reserve, right? I, I don't, I don't think you want to have that just like thrust into a starting role because then if if Marcus May gets hurt or PJ Williams gets hurt, um, you, you don't have that that guy who can just kind of come in and plug and play uh, behind him. Um, so yeah, they, I think they absolutely need another safety, and it's it's a position i I wholeheartedly expect to see him address um either in free agency or the draft. There's just not much left to create right now,
1: all right. one more question before we get to a break, and then i we got you know some other ways to avenues to go down how you know, the Saints brought in um their old friend to be the offensive line coach. How worried do you think the Saints are? about Cesar Ruiz and his future here or and and how might that impact what they do offensive line wise in the draft?
3: Um you know, I think I would put it at middling. I I don't think they're I don't think they're super worried about him. Um I think they still see they still see some some traits there that, that they think are gonna be really good. I don't think they're Lying to anybody and saying he had a great season last year, but I still think they they see the potential there for him to be a very good pro. Um, and you know, I was I remember a conversation I had with somebody at the combine, and they said there's basically no chance uh, that they they draft or sign somebody with with the express purpose of having him compete with Cesar Ruiz for a starting job. Um, honestly, I, I think the 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 one I'm most worried about um is Ryan Ramchek. And uh I think we're gonna we're gonna kinda have to wait and see um how he comes out for you know, this this off season workouts and, and, and training camp to see how uh how that knee holds up because you know, that's something that you know, last year I think when, when he first injured his knee, they were kinda anticipating he'd be out a game or two and he ended up missing almost half a season. Um, it just wasn't healing the way they were kind of expecting it to. So I, I think, um, yeah, that's something I'm really keeping an eye on um, as it relates to the future of the offensive line. It, it, as far as Caesar Ruiz, I don't, I don't think they're going to be, you know, trying to draft his replacement or or his you know, somebody to compete with. So them, but I, even I do think, I do think they're going to be looking at right. tackle.
1: So if they pick a tackle, I'm fine with it. To me. It, with everything you just said, I'm fine with it, even if he doesn't start right away. I think it's a it's a pick that they need to make.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, you know, it, it, I think you know, we just had this conversation about quarterback, but I think it's the same thing with with tackle and with wide receiver. You know, those guys, if you're getting an elite-level player there, um, you know, somebody who you'd want to sign in free agency, they're going to be making more than $20 million a year. Um, that's just the way it works now. So I think it, the the more of those guys you can get on rookie contracts, the better. And you know, I, and it's especially hard, in my opinion, to find you know a like a, a All Pro Pro Bowl caliber tackle in free agency. You know, Teron Armstead this year being out there was it kind of unique. It hasn't happened very often. Um, so you, you got to find those guys in the draft. And I think. In order to do that, you got to spend high-level resources like a like first, second-round picks on these guys because the the miss rate in those middle rounds are are really, really high. So yeah, even if he doesn't start, he's a you know super valuable asset on the team.
1: Absolutely. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back and we'll try to get Luke to guess a little more. I call you know other people call him Sean Payton these days. I call him Casper the Quitter. But it, whoever, whatever you call him, he's no longer here. So how might that impact what the saints do on draft day we'll ask luke that question when we come back on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station
0: Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball?
1: Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective.
0: More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: back to footnotes. kevin foot on the game want to remind you cajun comic relief is saturday at Angel hall on the ul campus benefiting cajun navy ground forces and will feature such entertainers as sam jobert steve shaw and the raging cajun john morgan our own rp3 raymond porch and kdn news anchor jeff Horshack will be the mc's tickets cost thirty dollars they can be purchased at eventbrite.com all right luke uh you know the saints over the last 15 years or so have dev- i call him the sears catalog guy he sees something he likes and he goes up and gets it they never trade back they only trade up how much of that in your estimation was sean payton and might that change is it even possible that they would trade back because we had been giving up on that as an option for the last decade or so.
3: Yeah, it's a really good question. Honestly, it's, it's, I I think it's, it's going to be something that's really interesting to watch for in this draft. Like um, how much of, of their aggressive strategy in the past was Sean Payton. Does Dennis Allen change any of that? Does Dennis Allen, is Dennis Allen also aggressive like Sean was? Um, And, you know, I, I think, um, Maybe we got a little bit of an answer to that, uh, a few weeks ago when the saints made this big trade with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, uh, getting two first round picks and sending a bunch of future assets away to, to in order to get those, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's been Mickey all along, uh, and he's the kind of guy who's, who's willing to, uh, to, to really be aggressive and to, and to go get the guys he wants, um, And, you know, I I think that's kind of probably the case. Um, I I will be, I think it's, it it would make sense to me in this draft, especially if you can move back, like do it. (laughs) You know, this is, this draft is a huge class. um, Something like 1800 people in this class, uh, which is about a thousand more than there were available to be drafted last year. um, About 600 larger than a usual draft class um so while there's not like a, a lot of surefire high end top level talent in this draft um you know guys who who would be a top 5 pick no matter what the year um i think there's there's a really really good middle of this draft i,
1: I, I um, agree yes
3: and so I, I think it would make sense to me to to accumulate as many third fourth round picks as you can get um but yeah, you know, it's just not the way they operate. They haven't made a trade back since 2007, <laughs> so right, just not so, hold my right. Belt that
1: and, and you just want to, all right. So you know, most almost everyone, you know, I call them QWs, quarterback worshipers. Throw out the quarterback because there are a lot of people projecting quarterback. I get that. I'm just trying to get keep myself sane by not t- focusing too much on that. But most people who don't say quarterback are talking offensive lineman, wide receiver, or wide receiver, offensive lineman if they keep their picks. What is the likelihood they picked up Street and they've, you know, they, they, they re-signed Tuttle, and it seemed like most of the work in the offseason has been to add numbers and depth on the defensive line. Some people are saying Jarn Davis. I don't know that Jarn Davis is going to be there at that point, but do you think defensive line is, is still a major option like it always seems to be in the first round, or do you think they've done enough that that probably will not happen?
3: Well, I think I'd be really surprised if it was like an edge player, right? Um, just considering the, the amount of resources they've they've really pulled into that uh, these last couple of years. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it were somebody like Jordan Davis, or you know, it's like a really high end uh, defensive tackle. You, you know, even if it's not in the first round, then with number forty nine in the second. Um, yeah, I think that was a weak spot for him last year. Um, you know, look, I. I think they, they were relying on, on a, a whole lot of people in there that, that were undrafted free agents. It's very much like their wide receiver position. And Brian Nielsen has done a pretty good job coaching those guys up. I think Shy, Shy Tuttle has, has turned into a pretty decent player. I think Malcolm Roach is decent. Um, they've got Jalen Dalton, another undrafted free agent, who's he's missed the last two seasons with triceps injuries, but... Um, you know, if he's healthy finally, if he doesn't have a freak injury for the third straight year, he's been really, really good in training camp. You to these last two years. Um, but look, the the fact of the matter is that you know they didn't really get a lot of production out of those guys, um, including David Onyemata. Uh, you know, second year of his three-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal. I don't, I don't think he really played up to it last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if Jordan Davis goes there. Um, yeah, I think the guy had like a, you know, we, we all saw what he did at the combine. And, and you know, we've talked about the Saints in this relative athletic score. I think Jordan Davis has a 10.0, which is as high as he can possibly go. Um, yeah, that would make sense to me. Um, you know, it would make sense to me to see him draft a safety, um, either in the first or second round. If, if uh, you know, this Hamilton kid, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, if he falls to the middle of the first round, um i could see the saints making a play for him he's a really really good football player special type of football player um you know but I, there's there's a whole bunch of other positions that you could see i, I don't think they're going to draft a running back in the first round but it wouldn't surprise me to see them take one with number 49 um you know there's a lot of interesting tight ends in this in this class and um even though taysom hills kind of transitioned the full-time tight end role and Um, I think Troutman will be better after he has kind of a full off season to get healthy. That's a position. It wouldn't surprise me to see him him address that either. Um, So there's a lot of different ways they can go. It's not just necessarily receiver and offensive line. I just think those are the two most glaring um, weaknesses on the roster right now.
1: All right. So I don't know what they're going to do with Quan, but would it surprise you if they pick a linebacker? Or Do you think they think after Werner did what he did last year, they're okay there?
3: Uh, It would surprise me if they picked one high. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think they're. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Kwan signs elsewhere. Um, I think they're ready to let P. Warner take over that kind of will linebacker spot, um, and they still think that you know maybe uh, Zach Bond can give him something, uh, you know, especially at the strong side linebacker position. I think Kaden Nellis has played fine when he's when he's been put in there as strong side linebacker. So I don't, I don't think it's a a place that you absolutely need to address early. I think there's a lot of other more pressing spots on the team. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me, uh, you know, if, if like a you know their fourth round pick or whatever is is a linebacker you know, or even one of their or I guess they only have one third left. I'm um, having trouble keeping track of all the draft right. picks. But um, yeah, it, I, I just think that there's there's other spots that that I would rather reinforce. reinforce but you know, it's not really the Saints don't really view the draft as as a you know a, as plugging holes necessarily I think they they view it as as let's get as many good players as we can get
1: all right of the line and who knows you see one of my fears on the wide receiver issue is that got teams like the Chiefs or maybe the Packers or even maybe the Cardinals so somebody might trade up above the Saints and get one of these receivers after the top two or three a pick if mo if if you know there're obviously going to be at least two receivers maybe even more picked before the saints get there what's your t- what's your hunch on which one would fit better for the saints wide receiver wise if they're there
3: i think the one that fits the the clearest fit um would be chris olave um yeah he's he's just a such a smart football player he runs great routes uh he's a very good athlete um i, I think he, he would absolutely when you're looking at what the saints do offensively he, he's like their prototype right minus the fact that he's not six foot three um i think he'd be great in this offense i really you know i don't, I don't know if the fit is the same and, and i know the saints always um you know their their medical evaluations are, are you know, a huge part of what they do pre-draft. Uh, but I, I think it'd be so much fun to see Jamison Williams in this offense, especially, um, you know, if James is back there slinging it deep. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they haven't, they haven't had a guy, uh, like a real legitimate downfield threat since Brandon cooks. Right. Um, and I, I think if you plug Jamison Williams in there and you're confident that he can be ready for week one, I, I mean, I, I think you, you could just book him for, four or five fifty yard touchdown passes. Um I think that could be really fun. I those are those are the two that really stand out to me. I I really like Drake London's game. I think he's going to be a very good NFL pro. I, I don't know if it makes sense to put him you know in the same lineup with Michael Thomas. They they feel very similar. Um
1: how about Burks?
3: Yeah, I, I really like him. I really like him. It's just I you know he's one of those guys there where you know I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's exactly what the Saints are looking for. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think he would it, would. it would make a lot more sense to me to see that guy play in like Green Bay or you know San Francisco, um, where they've got you know, these offenses that really take advantage of, of their you know, multi-use skill sets. I guess the Saints kind of do that with Alvin Kamara. But I, I think I. I think if I'm the Saints, I'm, I'm probably looking more at a, like a more traditional receiver playmaker. As opposed to somebody like Burks, who's who's you know, really going to be somebody who you move around in a lot of different roles and try to just create space for him, whereas um, you know, somebody like Alave can create space for himself. I, I think that's that's really kind of what it what it all fo- uh, boils down to.
1: Okay, to me, chalk for this draft would be would be pinning in Alave. Do you agree? And and and, and how? Because they always seem to throw us a little curveball, you know. Or it seems fairly. How, what chances? What percentage chance would you give that they, if those two guys are there, that, that they would go chalk and pick pinning and Alave?
3: Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would say probably like a probably like a sixty percent. Um, Look, there's. I mean, if, if Charles Cross is available, maybe they like Charles Cross better, you know, the tackle from Mississippi State. Um, you know, both of those guys, you know, score pretty highly on on all the the traits, the individual traits the Saints look for. Uh, but Charles Cross played at a you know bigger school. He played against SEC competition, which I, I don't think the Saints don't pay attention to that. Um, and you know, maybe there's there's. There's other traits they're looking for in a wide receiver. Maybe, maybe they're knocking Olave because of his size. You know, it, it's just it's really hard to tell with them sometimes exactly what they're thinking. You see these guys who just look like ideal, perfect fits for what they do, and they're on the board and they just don't they don't end up going for them. You know, and they, they they have they they're locked in on somebody else. And I think it's it's always a possibility to consider with the Saints. Maybe they really like, um, you know this uh, uh what's his name. Uh, Christian Watson, I think, from North Dakota State, right? Um, you know, who's, who's, you know, one of those guys who, who you know, could be a, a late first, early second kind of guy. They're probably not going to get with number forty nine. Um, you know, he's six four and he runs like a four three forty, and um, and he's a you know very very productive player at North Dakota State. Maybe they're like, hey, we think this guy's going to be a star, and we have to pick him at nineteen because we're not going to be able to get him at forty nine. Um, yeah. You know, just you, you never really know exactly what they're thinking so I, I think pending in olave sounds right to me but you know i think there's there's definitely a, a better than good chance that it could be two completely different players
1: just please make sure it's not a quarterback just i'm i'm begging and pleading
3: just look maybe they made this, sure they made this trade because if if 16 comes around and kenny tech is there they want to make the move you never know oh. <laughs>
1: Luke, please. All right, I appreciate your time as always, very much, and uh, maybe we'll try to hook up again after, and we'll we can review it instead of trying to preview it. Thank you very much, sir.
3: Hey, Kevin, I'm proud of you today. I thought you you kept your composure. You did very well.
1: I, I'm I'm trying. I I I'm trying. I I lost two days of two two nights of sleep last week worrying about this quarterback thing, and I'm just <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, Luke. I'm trying. Thank you. I think you're, do, you're doing a good job, man. We'll talk to you right, soon. All right. Thanks. We'll be back on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. By the way, welcome back to Footnotes. We need to come up with like – for next Friday, if the Saints pick a quarterback, like I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. We, we, we're gonna need to. We might just have to play Marshall Tucker in every one of them, every break. I mean, this is gonna be like bad, like really bad.
4: They have enough songs for us. Might to do that?
1: be the worst day ever. Oh, it could be the same one.
4: It, it's going to have to be minutes. nothing
1: but Jim Croce and Marshall Tucker if this happens. I, I don't know how I'm going to get through that. Then.
4: I, so I got to figure out how to make a chocolate chipless cookie then, don't
1: I? You know how sometimes, you, sometimes I, say, I, I have a little segment and then they chop it off and they play for promos for a while? Yeah. I mean, how will a promo that sounds like this work? Oh uh, cuz that's what it's going to like I don't even know I'm going to talk if they pick a quarterback. A quarterback. He sounded open to it, didn't he? Luke.
4: He did. A quarterback. He did and he brought it up. Mega's like almost no, lives and dies by that answer, but
1: I'm hoping A red my- <laughs> shirt quarterback. You know how sickening it's gonna be? And if they draft one, he's gonna be on the sideline with his little clipboard. I'm gonna say, Boy, you helping me right now, aren't you? With your little clipboard. A red shirt quarterback at this point in the franchise's history. They just cannot do it. They won't do no. it. I'm hoping
4: they won't for the sake of my life, of your life of michelle's life oh. russ and your other children
1: that'll do it for the first hour another hour to follow on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station broadcasting
0: live from the delta media studios in upper lafayette Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome. Back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037. Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on L U S Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, you have this segment. Uh we'll be we having to move up our weekly conversation with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow to the next segment. Cajuns are playing at Indiana and Bloomington today at one o'clock. So they moved that game time from four to one. I believe that happened yesterday afternoon. So because the game, he's getting too close to game time, we had to push up the interview a little bit. So we'll have open phone lines in the first and third segments if you would like to react to anything Luke said or talk about the great Pelicans um, victory last night or, or LSU-UL game or whatever you'd like to discuss. The first, this segment and the third one will be the one to call in and, and give your... your um, reactions. I I'm still trying to. You know, Luke is good for me cuz he's so calm and analytical and unemotional and it, you know, I need as much of that as I can. But but he was way too open to this silly quarterback idea. I still don't really think it's going to happen. I talk about it all the time because I'm I'm trying to prepare myself for the worst. Like, you have to prepare yourself for the worst thing that could happen. I mean, the only thing worst, like, really, if if you tell me right now that Will Lutz is not going to be, ever be the Will Lutz he was two years ago again, I would rather them pick a kicker in the first round than pick a quarterback in the first. I mean, I really like the new punter, so I, I – I, I, I guess I would say I'd rather them pick a quarterback in the first round than a punter, but I would really rather them pick a kicker if they thought Will Lutz was not going to be back. That would help the team more than picking a quarterback in the first round, a kicker, as long as there's no X's in his name. They'd be better off picking a kicker. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
5: Hey, Kev, it's Joe. Howdy. Howdy. I'm just calling. Yesterday I called, and then uh, somebody, very insightful, called behind me with some points, and I just want to counter some of those points. Okay. But first, I want to preface it by saying I'm hoping the Saints just stay put. I'm hoping Cross falls. I don't think he will, but Penning should be there when we pick at 16. I'm hoping Williams, Jameis falls, but I'm starting to think the Jets take him at 10 now. I think he's the best receiver out of everybody as far as what he brings to a team. So I think he'll be gone. And I like your Olave pick. And then my second round pick would be the safety out of uh, Penn state Brisker. I mean, I'd love to get seen from Georgia, but I just don't think he'll be there when we pick. So these are realistic who I think will be there. And then in the fourth, third round, take uh late in the third round, take Pierce to run him back out of Florida. I think he's got a ton of tread left on the mill because he was a platoon guy, but he really, he's not scared to pass block and he can pretty much do it all. So, that being said, y'all are on this wide receiver kick as opposed to tackles. You've got basically four first round tackles and a borderline guy in Raymond who some are projecting as a guard. And then you fall after that to Smith who's really a second-round talent that may sneak into the first round. And then after that, Petit Ferrer with Ohio State, who I think is a late second-rounder. So after those first four, you got this massive drop-off of tackle. Where at receiver, a lot of people are high
1: th- on Lucas, though, from Washington State.
5: Yeah, but again, I bet you he'd fall. He goes, because of the position, he'll go in the second round. Uh, tackles are kind of like quarterbacks. You tend to overreach for them because it's such an important position. But a lot of these guys are either projects or projected guards in the NFL, not true left tackles. I think you got four true, legitimate, non-project tackles, and I think three of them will be gone when we pick the cross falls, too, as I'd be doing cartwheels i just don't think he's going to be there and and look if seattle
1: doesn't joey if seattle picks a quarterback like some people think i don't think they're gonna i think they're gonna pick cross but if seattle don't pick cross he's gonna be there
5: um i I think baltimore's in play for cross i just think he's too good a 10 and look he might he was the guy i targeted all along saying i think the saints can take cross at 18 and they may have to trade up three or four spots to secure him because he had to get it you had to get ahead of, of the Chargers, which we've done. So I'm hoping, and there is a shot. I just think, really, as you look, I mean, I've seen some people having him going to the Giants as the first tackle off the board. So um, he's just uh, he's plug and play, ready to go. He's not a project. But let's look at look. This is why I'm calling. Let's look at the receivers. Y'all keep saying we got to get a receiver in round one. There's basically five. Maybe six if you want to add Dotson from Penn State. But after that, these are guys that are gonna go in the second round. You got Watson from North Dakota State, Pickens from Georgia, Sky Moore from Western Michigan, Tolbert from South Alabama, Pierce from Cincinnati, Messi the third from Alabama, and possibly even Bell from Purdue. All those guys are, are going to go in the second round.
1: Well, we don't so know that. There? I mean, some of them are going to maybe third-round picks. Look, I got no problem okay, with picking any better. of those guys in the second it, it, round. But, okay, so what are you going to pick in the first round if you don't pick a receiver?
5: Uh, uh, well, I'm just saying if they trade up like you, the guy, I love you, boy. Luke, he was talking the same thing I was saying, trade up to, to Houston to get uh, Hamilton at safety. And then that leaves you with another first-round pick. And, And I use that pick on a tackle with the hopes of getting one of these pretty decent wide receivers in the second. I don't think you need to sell the farm to get one of these. And I do think one of the top five receivers will be there when we make at least one of our picks. And Alave seems to be the logical course. But you've got a bigger pool of guys to pull from in round two where the tackles in round two are really, really thin. So, to me, it makes more sense to if if you move and you move up and you get a guy like Hamilton, your second pick needs to be an offensive tackle and you wait on your wide receiver. And, look, y'all are talking running backs. Other than Walker and Hall, I mean, you got a bunch of guys that are going to be fourth-rounders, and they're good players. Spiller from A&M, some of them may creep into the bottom of the third round, which is why I I like the Saints picking Pierce in their third round, but he's really a fourth-rounder. You got Cook from Georgia. You got the kid from BYU. Al, I call him Algiers. Spiller from A and M. And then you got some guys that could even go in the fifth round that are decent players. So this notion that you got to pick a running back in the first three rounds to get a good one is just freaking crazy. I'm sorry, there are going to be some really, really good running backs going in round four, and uh, that's
1: why I think I think I, if you I think, I think, up, I, you I, I think your your point your point. Up. Joey, your point is well made, but what I'm saying, I think what kind of what I'm saying and maybe I'm I'm saying it the wrong way is to me, running back has to be a major priority. Now, you can you might say, "Well, you can address a major priority in the fifth round," but to me, major priority in fifth round is it possible you can you can achieve that address that priority in the fifth round? Yeah, it is. But major priority in fifth round don't seem to go totally together right now, to me.
5: No, but major priority in the middle of the fourth round do, and that's why again, if you heard, I picked Pierce with our third round pick because I think it is that big a priority, and I want to get the best of the uh, the the guy that I think is the best of the group. The one that's really intriguing to me is Williams out of Notre Dame, who's. They're comparing him to Pierre Thomas, and he's got a projected fifth-round grade. So there's going to be talent. My point is there's going to be talent. you got two top-flight running backs, all in Walker, unless the Saints take Walker with our second-round pick, if he falls that far. Yeah. I, he he, he, I,
1: Walker doesn't fit. I don't want Walker.
5: But in a perfect world, I don't want to trade. I'd love to get Hamilton. I don't know if Houston would be willing to pass on him and trade down a few spots. For us to trade up, we'd have to give up our third round. I don't pick.
1: want to trade up. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to well, trade up.
5: I'm, I'm on record as saying, sit, Pat. You take the best tackle at 16. You take the, the fourth or fifth receiver that's left at uh, 19, which I wish was Williams. I just don't think he'll oh, be no. there. I really he's think not he's not going to be, be a there. Top I, I agree.
1: I, I don't think he's getting past the Commanders if he if he gets past the Jets. I agree with you. Let me get to another call before I interview. I appreciate it, Joey.
5: Always fun, bro.
1: All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
5: Make
1: the best tackle at
6: sixteen. Hello. Hey. How Howdy. Yes, uh, Mister Foot. I just want to tell you, there's a zero percent chance the Saints are going to take a quarterback in this draft.
1: Well, I hope you're right.
6: So I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste too much of my time or mental, you know, anguish. Worrying about a quarterback in this draft of the Saints. As a matter of fact, there's a much greater chance that they may trade down from their second, first-round pick with a team like Detroit and possibly pick up their first and second-round pick in return. I
1: agree. I agree. That, I've been to, thinking to, that, yes. I with
6: Detroit to... get a quarterback. Yes, I'm because with... Detroit's going to want to come after a quarterback if there's a quarterback run. I agree. And the odds of there being a quarterback run are much greater than there not being any picked, I can tell you that. But you, you look at the 2017 draft when there weren't any good quarterbacks in that draft, and what happened? There were, three, there were three quarterbacks drafted. And now that we look back on it, oh, two of them were supposedly hung the moon. And so you got another draft, I can tell you right now, that there are gonna be quarterbacks taken. Atlanta's not gonna sit there and not take a quarterback. Oh, I don't see it. Seattle's not gonna Seattle's not gonna sit there and not take a quarterback. Mm, what are they gonna tell their fans when it comes time for them to sell tickets? Oh, by the way, this is our guy at quarterback. He's never done anything anywhere, but we're expecting him to do something here. I imagine that's gonna go over like a poop in a punch bowl. That's not gonna work. So you have teams that are going to take quarterbacks. You're going to have a tackle that's going to fall to you in the first round. You're going to be able to get your tackle, and you're going to be able to trade down if you want to. If you know, There's a real possibility of that happening, or you'll take the best player available. And Joey's correct. There's going to be a lot of receivers in the second round. You don't have to go get a wide receiver with the first-round pick just to say you got a wide receiver when you can go get the best player available. and That could be uh, the best tight end available. That could be the guy, the the defensive tackle from Oklahoma, uh, Winfrey. And look for them to also take Damian Pierce in the third round at running back. So they will address the running back situation with a really outstanding running back.
1: Yeah, and, and that's why I brought up Jordan Davis because, see, I'm worried that one or two of these teams might trade ahead of him and get the receiver that they really want. And if that happens, I'm agreeing with you and Joey in that don't take a, a wide receiver that you, you really don't want at that pick. Just I'm fine with waiting for the second round of a receiver. But if there's, I'm I gotta believe whether it's Alave or one of these guys, they want one of these r- wide receivers. They just, uh, they just hope that the one they want is there. I don't.
6: I think that there's a much different. There's a way different. You, th- this is where this so-called expert draft and thing and teams look at these things completely different. The Saints aren't in the same the, – the, the Saints don't look at themselves in the same situation that the, quote, experts look I at agree. them. I agree. I agree. With, with, with Michael Thomas coming back and then you have Marquez Calloway, who they developed last year, and all of this mess, the one good thing that happened for the Saints is that Marquez Calloway developed as as a number two receiver then you have Taysom Hill who isn't going to be a quarterback anymore now he's going to come back and be able to help you a receiver you have Deontay Harris you you add into that like a kid from South Alabama or North Dakota State one of those types of receivers you don't need to go out and get a receiver with your first pick now Jamison Williams is there then you grab him if not Then you go on about your business and get the best player available. I agree. I I got to take
1: a break. I got to take a break. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow next on the game. Thank you.
0: Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the
1: major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works.
0: Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: come back to the game. I want to remind you before we get to Coach Glasgow Festival International Prize pack. If you would like to win this very nice festival international prize pack thanks to the game you you need to go to the website join your rewards club at 1037 the or 1041 the and here's what you could win with these bon ton passes exclusive access to front row and stage seating sh- shaded seating as well air conditioned restrooms express drink lines shirts pins posters all kinds of great stuff this is the way to do festival international so sign up for the rewards club today and you might win this festival international prize back thanks to the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Coach, great win. Uh, did, I'm sure you would have liked to have won it in the seventh, but Alexa Langelier's got a clutch two-run, two-out double, and uh, win
7: is a win. Great win. Yeah, we, we was thinking, you know, be good to pick up another Extra inning win on the road. <laughs> it's just over the top twenty five. So let's let them score one, and then we'll do it in the eight. But
1: not really. L- uh, lot a lot of drama there. A lot of two. A <laughs> lot of two
7: out drama
1: in the last two innings of that game.
7: Yeah, you know what? Uh, the kids are really doing a great job of hitting and manufacturing runs with two outs. That's one thing they've been doing consistently well for the last month or so. And then, you know, Megan to buckle down. That ball hit the bag don't hit the bag, it's just easy out at third base. And we had to force out at third all He's gotta do is pick it up and step on the bag and and the ball hits the freaking bag and took a really bad hop. Um but I thought to keep her composure, get that next out and then take it to the eighth inning. That was a really good moment for our team and a good growing moment. And you know, we're learning how to win and we started out the season sixteen and eight and and they're 15-2 and two over this last 17-game stretch. and So I'm really proud of the team they've stayed with. It's not been easy. It's been a a normal softball season, which is always difficult no matter what. And it's never, ever easy. It's never smooth. But they've stuck with it, and they just keep finding ways to win. And what we're finding out is different people, you know, they're a very resilient ball club, and different people can do different things. And, you know, we're going to be without Jordan Campbell the rest of the weekend. So we're going to have to reinvent ourselves again here and and play through some adversity. But, you know, that's something that this club has learned to do very well over the last two years.
1: So what's the situation with Jordan?
7: Well, she injured her leg and went on the slide in the third. We, we've got a knee injury, and we're probably going to get her back into Lafayette today or tomorrow and get get find out where we're at. But we're definitely not going to be able to use her the rest of the weekend and – That's your man, she was red hot. Like what a tremendous player she's been for our program this year and we're just we're gonna go out and get a win for her here today and and dedicate this game to her and we'll go from there. So we really don't know the status. We'll find out.
1: All right. So um you know, it's been interesting. You you have three pitching options and you haven't always had that. In fact this program hasn't always had that, you know, over the last Two decades or so, and most years haven't. And so it seems like that gives you the luxury to do what you did yesterday. If you, if you didn't, maybe don't quite like the way a pitcher's throwing, or they just seem a little off, you can take them out. Just uh, tell us about the scenario where Kandra uh, gave up on an arm run, but maybe wasn't quite looking right, and then you bring Sam in, and she does great.
7: Yeah, you know, we just, we got three really good pitchers and three good arms, and they're all good, and they're all got things they do very well and Justin liked the matchup of Lamb against Illinois on the going inside to the righties and outside the lefties. He thought that was a great matchup and and it just didn't feel right. And then when we had that throw got away. So okay, let's switch and try to change momentum real quick and you know, Sam Clement bases loaded and no outs and got out of that. That was a tremendous that was just a tremendous moment for a, a really talented young pitcher to make a a statement about who she is. And then in the seventh, you know, Megan was so good at St. Louis University. Heck, let's get a fresh mind. You know, you get tired. You get worn down mentally a little bit as you go through those kind of games. And I thought, let's let let Megan get Sam here in the seventh. And the ball hit the bag and kind of a fluke play, but it got away from us. But then Megan just buckled down. You know, I was really proud of our offense because, you know, when you're winning two to one with two out in the seventh and you lose that lead, there's a huge shift in momentum. And I mean, I've told the girls, it's like tug of war all year. You know, when the, when the rope goes one way, you gotta, you've got you got to create momentum and bring it back to neutral. And to see them go out there in the eighth after two out and just step up the way they did, and Langley is another huge hit for us. Really growing moment for our ball club. they are making a statement about their will to win. Now, how, you know, we've, we've developed that hunger to win and, and that passion to win and just find a way, fight, scratch, call, find a way to win.
1: So without uh, Jorn, for however long that is, is it as simple as just moving Ari back to third like you did for the stretch there?
7: Yeah, that's what we'll do today. Uh, in the short run, for sure, we'll just go Ari at third. She's, you know, pretty good defensively over there, and she's a veteran player, got experience, so we don't lose that much. You know, we don't lose much experience-wise. We just lose the big right-handed bat in the three-hole. Uh, which you know she's been huge, hitting over 400 for us, and and RBI production really good. So that's a big a big loss. But then you got some great players, you know Langley as we played without for three weeks, and and she's just on fire right now and we're getting RBIs and producing runs. And Mayu's <laughs> been very good, and we'll just let them all step up. You know Piscos, and we'll move Piscos into three, and Mayu into the four, and Carly Heath into the five, and and Lexa move up to the six. I mean we're we're confident when we're, our team team can hit, and uh, you know we'll put Ushtay out in the outfield today, along with Falterman and Matty Hayden, and those three freshmen are all hitting over three fifty. So, like that's pretty. You know, we we should be able to still manufacture some runs.
1: All right, uh,
7: Indiana. How would you compare them to Illinois? Uh, not as not not normally as good pitching and defensively. Very similar offensively. And the coach is very aggressive. She'll run a lot. She'll run a lot. She'll put pressure on us. But they're a good, solid ball club. Um, not having as good a year as Illinois. But, again, their RPI is higher than any Sun Belt School, So it's a really good opportunity for us to get another good win on the road and an RPI win.
1: Now, when you mention uh kind of speedy and, and aggressive, that's been a little bit of an issue this year. How worried are you about that matchup wise, the ability to shut down a running game?
7: Uh the key for us to shut that running game down is through the pitching circle. And, you know, our, what we told Justin, just keep don't you know, we gotta eliminate the walks that hit my pitches and and if Landry's we're gonna we're gonna go with Landry today and we're gonna hope she can repeat that performance last night. I think Landry's built to pitch against the Power 5 team because she has the ability to go up and down. She has the ability to go east and west, and that changeup is just maybe the best changeup in the country. So I like the matchup. I mean, I think she's made to pitch against those kind of teams. And and uh, if we keep them off base and we can limit the running game, if they get on base, they're going to use the running game. We just have to, you know, minimize the effect of it because there's not much you can do to stop it.
1: All right, so y'all are in the middle of a long, extra-long road trip. What is your sense of how your young girls and youth probably really helps in this scenario is handling it so far, just from a stamina-wise?
7: Yeah, well, it helps with the enthusiasm on the front end of the road trip. Now we're going to see how the endurance and maturity at the back end of the road trip, and that's the challenge ahead of us. And the whole thought of mine was going to this road trip. It, you make the Sun Belt tournament look easy. You go, you know, we're going to be in, uh, we were in Louisiana on Saturday night, uh, Missouri on Sunday night, Illinois on Monday night, uh, Indiana on Tuesday night, we'll be in North Carolina on Thursday night, so we're we're playing in five, six, we're going to be sleeping in five states in a six-day period. And then playing games. And so it's just like little things like when you wake up in the morning at the hotel, you don't know where the breakfast bar is. And every hotel's got a different light. They're, you know, just mentally a little taxing on you. But at the same time, I think it sets us up where I don't want it to be easy. I want our kids to learn. You know, I've talked about this last year. Uh, I want our kids to, I want it to be hard. I want us to take the hard path and take the hard road. And, and that will develop the toughness that we're going to need at the Sunbelt Tournament to go in there. And we stay four nights in one hotel in South Island. And we win that tournament. And that's our goal is to be ready to do that. All
1: right. One more thing. I'm sure it brought a little bit of a smile on your face when you saw Texas beat Oklahoma over the weekend.
7: Yeah, it was a really good win for Texas. And Texas, you know, I told you before we played Texas the first time, they they were – Really struggling before the first Texas doubleheader, and I don't really remember. But at the press conference, I said there was a reason Texas was top ten before this season because they had top ten talent. And he'll put it together because I, I know Whitey, and he's a tremendous coach. And he's going to win at the end of the day. Coach White's going to win, and even though he was struggling early, he's winning now. And, and you know, I, I I hope I'm that way. I think I'm that way. I, I believe I'm that way. That. You know, my teammates struggle early, but we're going to win at the end of the day. And, and that was a really good moment for him to be able to beat Oklahoma and become the first team to beat them all year. And, of course, it's a huge moment for us because when you play them three games, you invest in Texas, and, you know, that helps our RPI, and it's just a big win for them. It makes a statement about who they are, which in turn makes a statement for their common opponents. So I was excited about that. All right. And that was Co- Dolcini. You know, Dolcini beat, beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma couldn't hit Dolcini. They got two runs off of her, and that's a, that's the girl that our kids put up, I think, five or six runs off of. So that was a big moment for our team in a, in a backwards way.
1: A- absolutely. All right, we know you got a game just in a few hours here. We appreciate your time. We'll let you go, and congratulations so far, and good luck to you all on the rest of the trip, sir.
7: Uh, here, I got the girls. We're having our team meeting. We're getting ready to get on the bus. I'm going to have them holler, go Cajuns. All hey, right. Go Cajuns for the radio. One, two, three.
8: Go Cajuns.
1: All, all right. You're right
7: from you the ball team. All Talk all to you right. later, Kevin.
1: Thank you, Coach. <laughs> man well no we appreciate coach Glasgow you know I texted him I'm like coach I know you <laughs> moved your game up to one and you know a lot of times in the two or three hours probably pretty busy and routine oriented before you go to a game like this he goes well if we move it up to ten fifteen, I think I can still do it so man I appreciate it. that was kind of cool
4: that yeah it was kind of cool having like the entire team <laughs> tell us <Coach> <laughs> <Agents>. <laughs> it was very unexpected
1: <laughs> yes and uh, no, I mean, that, think about that trip: Louisiana to Missouri to Illinois to Indiana to North Carolina.
4: <gasps> I, I asked him. I said, how "How's it feel to be home?" Because you know, not where you know where he is, and he was like, "Feels good." I was like,
1: <laughs> "See?" <laughs> so, no great wins. You know, Illinois is not like Michigan or Oklahoma, but still a nice win if they can get a win over Indiana be even better. We'll take a timeout. Come back with more. Open up the phone lines again on the game. 103.7 Lafayette One zero four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Kevin Foote. An award winning
0: journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights
1: as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the the whole bounty gate silliness.
0: His descriptions of illnesses are extremely
1: concise. (laughs) A normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this Bounty Gate silliness. Dr. Foote is ready to write a
0: prescription for what ails your favorite team. Here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to the game. 103.7 Lafayette, One zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. That's one we can play next Friday if they pick a quarterback. We could put that one on the list, too. I really, really like that one. It kind of calms me down a little bit. Oh, man. We're going to need all kind of therapy. I mean, we might need, I don't know. Let's not think about it. All right. I want to remind you about the Hangout Music Fest. Uh, running out of time. If you would like to win VIP passes to the Hangout Musical Fe- Music Fest, scheduled for May 20th through 22nd, that's a month away, exactly in Gulf Shores, Alabama. You need to go to the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. That puts you eligible for to win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival again. May 20th through 22nd, a month from today, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, thanks to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But I was commenting with Hannah in the in the break. You can just see the emotional roller coaster that is. You listen to these guys like Vinny Iyer, all these national guys like Raymond interviewed, and you even interview, you know, you got Jeff Duncan, you got Catherine Terrell, you've got even Luke. Talked about the potential logic to picking a quarterback. It seems completely illogical to me. And every time I get a little piece and say, "Look, it's not going to happen. Stop worrying about it. Just chill." Every time I tell myself that that there's no way they're that stupid, then you have all these people who, like Lucas, I know is way smarter than me, and and yet he is open to the idea. It, it just it just it's like that worst case scenario, just con- just consistently comes back to you. Then you gotta at least think about it, and it, it just—I mean—again, eight more days. So we're Archie Manning away today. We're uh, Batman away tomorrow. Oh man, it uh, it's it's gonna be a long week, and and, and then when we actually get down to the day. Think about that the anticipation of that day. Like the old um was at a Heinz fifty seven commercial. Anticipation. Speaking of that, I heard the I heard the um I heard the poll question from RP three show earlier today, RP three and company. Uh about what do you put on your fried chicken or chicken nuggets or whatever it was, I I I, I agree with one of the guy. Ketchup, like I, I'm honey mustard. Not not a fan of honey mustard. Not a fan at all. My wife and and daughters like that. I think honey mustard. If it's really 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 good honey mustard, I'm okay with it. But most honey mustard I eat is just to me not not very good. So I, I say no to honey mustard. I'm just just give me ketchup.
4: You're the just ketchup guy?
1: Yeah, I'm a just ketchup guy. I know a lot of people think, you know, I'm a Philistine for that, and I'm okay with that, but um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I really like ketchup.
4: Do you, ever make, do you ever mix anything with the ketchup, or it's always just ketchup? Like, like Mom, when she does, like, her french fries, she'll put it with uh, ketchup, and she mixes it with mayonnaise and, like, stop your mama or Tony's, and sometimes even Tabasco.
1: Well, that's kind of, you know, crawfish dippy. You know, I like putting ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, Worcestershire sauce, all that kind of stuff, but that's for crawfish dipping. For just chicken or fried chicken, I mean, I guess I've put, uh, I wouldn't do all that, no. Now, I might put some, you know, Tony Sashri or something like that in the ketchup. Yeah. But normally I don't. I just eat it with ketchup. She even does. She just just
4: has mayonnaise. She'll do mayonnaise, and then she'll put a whole bunch of Sloppy Mama or Tabasco or Crystals or Tony's in it.
1: My daughter Riley eats french fries and fried food with mayonnaise, period. Just mayonnaise. On fried chicken? Yeah, on anything anything fried. Like, Uh she'll dip her french fries in mayonnaise.
4: But you know the the best combination. She puts
1: mayo on a hot dog. That's how she eats a hot dog, with mayo. I, I wouldn't do
4: that. All I can do is... Uh, chili or cheese or ketchup. I have to do mustard on my hot dog. Oh, God, uh-huh. I
1: have mustard and onions on it.
4: Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Much better. But the best combination, though, have to admit it, is Wendy's Frosty. Wendy's French fries and their Frosty. Yeah, I,
1: I, I have done that. I, but not I, I, the vanilla, just I'm, the chocolate. Well, I'm good either way. But, yeah, it's better with the chocolate. I, I, I agree. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. If you have any reactions to any of the calls to anything Luke said you know the thing that Luke said that was the most troubling I like to fell out of my chair when he talked about Ryan Ramcheck being his biggest question mark I'm like man the cat was hurt all of last year he can the he better be healthy after this off season he better be healthy after this off season let's go back to the game hotline hello
8: um you know it is talk about chicken that's what's wrong with this country today, Kevin. You just eat the chicken plain. If it's any good, you don't need all of that. You put a little salt and pepper on it and uh-huh. eat your fried
1: chicken.
4: But it brings you to another, another level, though, I'm good though, with Jules.
1: that, Jules. I'm okay with it that way, too. I, I, I yeah,
4: chicken be fine by itself as, if it's properly seasoned, but...
1: What, why why do you talks. hate ketchup, Jules? Right. Huh? Why do you hate ketchup? I, I don't hate ketchup. <laughs> I don't hate it, but
8: I I don't need it to eat French fries or uh, fried chicken. I got you. Don't don't need it. Don't need it. I put something on a, a hamburger, but uh, that's that's probably as far as it goes. Kevin, how many how many uh, people does it take for you to write a, an article? In other words, how, how many people actually write you? You start the article, but you don't finish it, right? You you write a couple of paragraphs, and then you call in the the bullpen writer. No, I
1: write. The and he story. writes a, no. And he
8: writes one paragraph, and then <laughs> someone else comes in and they write a paragraph, <laughs> and then somebody else. No, sir. Well, why not? <laughs> that, that's the way we do things nowadays. This isn't fifty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I get, you know, uh, on Facebook on the Red Sox page. Every pitcher only goes four and two thirds innings nowadays. Nobody cares about what baseball used to be fifty years ago when you were coming up. And these people are such idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Nathan Avaldi, our supposed number one, that all of these idiots call an ace. He goes four in two thirds innings yeah, last
1: and- night. Yeah, I don't like it. And they
8: and they they're, they're all they're, they think they got Tom Seaver, <laughs> <laughs> and when you try to tell them, they don't want to hear it. They're not interested. This is the way the game is played today. Oh God, it's disgusting. It's you know, you, y'all are sitting there talking about the, the draft. I hope they pick Kenny Pickett, the next Ed Hargett slash Bobby Scott. That's how good any of the quarterbacks are in this year's class. Ed Hargett uh, slash Bobby Scott. I'm glad I hope you they said that. One. You don't need the running back, the all-pro running back, like the pro, uh, like the starting ace pitcher. Thing it a pass. We don't need running backs. They fall apart in two years. In a couple of years, we're actually going to go to seven-man football, so we will not need linemen. We don't need linebackers. It's just a quarterback, wide receivers, and defensive backs. That's where we're headed. That's it's the game. You can't compare me. apples and oranges. No, you can't compare men and women. <laughs>
1: thanks jules Uh, by the way jules i'm going to use that with your permission bobby scott i love that i'm going to use that yes uh that that will be used i i don't know what it is but every time i hear the word bobby scott it just makes me laugh and that's perfect so thank you jules i'm going to start calling all these cats bobby scott that is great so thank you for giving me something else to uh make me laugh a little bit all right let's go back to the game hotline and talk to manny hello
9: Kevin, I'm a man of my words. I told y'all I was gonna call. I've been waiting. I, listen, I just heard uh, the the previous uh, you know interview. They, Kevin, I, I don't understand. I don't know. If, I don't know if Kenny is Bobby Scott, but
8: That's I mean, awesome. he,
9: he's against Trubisky at best, and I don't know if he's if he's quite that good. Uh, I don't know why they don't understand how important the here and the now are. Because all of them say, well, you know, if you can get a quarterback at 16, (laughs) you got to take him. I'll be here that because all day I don't watch NFL Network all day long, but in the morning now, you know, I'm not working, my little mini vacay, I put on NFL Network, oh, you can't pass up a – Quarterback. I don't know if any of these guys are franchise quarterback, but you can't pass them up. What do you mean you can't pass them up? You don't know. Yeah, it, That's exactly why you pass them up. And get three players that can help you win right now. It's not that difficult. I, I, and, and like you say, these people do this all day long. What don't they understand, Kevin? Are, I, I don't I missing? don't
1: I don't get it. I, I just I just I just I don't understand it. But uh no I look, Luke as I say he's way smarter than me. He's calm and hey, rational. I know everything he says makes sense except for the quarterback thing. I, I just I, I I just again every time I tell myself it's not gonna happen. Calm down. Stop worrying. Then, then, then I, then. It, but I mean, it's just like constantly coming at me. Like it Hunter, never ends. Everywhere, it's everywhere. You can't get away from it
9: unless <laughs> you just go sit out uh, on the on a little by a pond and and wear the line and no look at anything that you cannot escape. It, Kevin. Everybody. That that's why it keeps creeping into your psyche. You you start you. You jump awake in the middle of the night because it, they they won't. Everybody's just sticking it into your brain.
1: Yeah, they just they just won't gotcha. leave it alone.
9: All right, one more question. Listen, Kevin, I'm going to Baton Rouge tomorrow to watch the Tigers until Saturday. I'm not putting my phone on. I'm just gonna sit under the tree and let the breeze blow and that night go in the game. And I'm gonna barbecue and cook with my friends and. Drink a cold beverage, and so I won't think about it again until Monday when I come back to work. I'm going to call you, and then it's going to be crunch time.
1: All right, yes or no, yes or no before we leave. I'll let you go, Jordan Davis. Yes or no?
9: Man, he would be hard to pass up. But I, don't, I listen. I want the receiver. Man, I, 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 ooh, Yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, because he's just too so good. I, I think I think he's going to be so good. I have to say yes.
1: Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, all, right. all right. Oh man! You see, if if Manny and I could just talk nonstop back and forth to each other for the next eight days, I think we might could get through it. But Manny's abandoning me. He's going to LSU for the weekend. No more calls. He said he's abandoning us. All right. We'll take a time out. Come back. Finish out today's show after this timeout on the game one oh three seven Lafayette one oh four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana sports station Welcome back to footnotes Kevin foot on the game one oh three seven. Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Want to remind you about Richard Seafood Patio. If you want to win a $50 gift certificate to Reschard Seafood Patio, you need to join the Games Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Reschard Seafood Patio, located in Abbeville, gives you some of the best bald crawfish, boiled shrimp, fried grilled seafood burgers steaks pull boys and a seafood buffet i'm sure they have all kind of sauces from ketchup to cocktail sauce to tartar sauce to you can make your own crawfish concoction whatever you would like but a great fifty dollar gift card gift certificate available but you can't be eligible to win if you don't go to the game clubhouse so do that today all right so look Jules, I love Jules' calls. Love his passion. A lot of what Jules says, I agree. Not all of it, I agree with. I, I am not a five-inning or four-inning pitcher guy. I'm I'm with Jules. Now there are, there are times when you're only going to throw four or five innings, and especially when you're pitching as bad as Framber did last night. Man, that was awful. What an awful performance. Can't get Kurt Suzuki out. Kurt Suzuki. The whole series, they can't get him out. Kurt Suzuki. Get that cat out. Joe Adell. Get him out. And then I don't know how they're gonna win today. Otani against Oda Rizzi. But, but 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 Jules, every once in a while, gives me, gives you just a jewel. Bobby Scott. The, right now I have the on my mock drive, I have the Arnolds picking Bobby Scott in the first round. For those of you, by the way, who don't know who Bobby Scott is, he was a backup quarterback for the Saints out of Tennessee in the early to mid 70s. Short, chubby guy. Backup quarterback, Bobby Scott. Just funny. Every time I see it, it just cracks Every time I hear, say his name, it just cracks me up. Bobby Scott. He calls Kenny Pickett, Bobby Scott. That is hilarious. I needed a good chuckle today. If the Saints pick Bobby Scott in the first round, it's going to be a day of mourning, eight days from now, of mourning. Bobby Scott, that's priceless. Thank you, Jules. I needed that. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Appreciate Coach Glasgow coming on, Luke coming on very much, and all the great phone calls. Y'all have a good day.